been in a series of the fruit of the Spirit, and we're down to the fruit of faithfulness. And just to give you reference, uh, the text is, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and today is faithfulness. The difficult thing about talking about this particular faithfulness is that there's three types of faith that the Bible talks about through the Old and the New Testament. And to really understand that this is a fruit that needs to be nurtured, and we're, gonna, we're going to take a look, a real practical look of how do we nurture it? How, what do we have to get out of the way to nurture and grow this? We have to understand the three types. So the first type, well, here they are. It's just the faith to live by. Then we have the gift of faith and the fruit of faithfulness. And in, in some translations, it's the, the, the fruit of faith. Even others would say the fruit of trust. So all those, those three all line up. Now, the... They're different, yet they need each other. And so, so for us to, to, to really concentrate and understand faithfulness, we have to kind of pull apart the other two types. So in the first one, faith to live by. Faith, faith to live by, it's faith that enables us to live the Christian life. This is day-to-day -day faith. This is when you wake up in the morning and you go, you know, thank you, Lord, I woke up. Um, you're going through the day, you're like, Lord, oh, I need your presence. Um, if you have a quiet time, if you read, this is, this is the relationship. See, faith, this faith to live by is through relationship. Notice the word there. It's a relationship that supplies the motivation and the power. See, in relationship, that's what motivates you. It's, it's, it, it, it's, it's knowing that you have this, this voice, the Holy Spirit, to come alongside and speak to you. And then you speak to him. You speak to the Lord. That's relationship. And that's where you get motivation. You know, distance, there's, there's, you know, when you're dating, the dis, in distance, does the heart grow fonder? No. It's through relationship. And so it's a relationship that supplies our motivation and, and really the power for us to stick with it. Number two, the gift of faith. It is a supernatural faith that the Spirit provides. Okay, I should, probably should have said right here we can put in. It's a gift. Remember when I was te teaching this between the Spirit and the fruit? One is Christmas tree, the other is an apple tree. The gift is given to you. It is just given to you. You don't earn it, it's given to you. And this is one of the reasons that in the 70s when people were going, oh, I, I, wanted, I want the, this gift and that gift, and they were chasing after the gifts. And when God would give a, a certain individual this extraordinary confidence, 
you know, this, this gift, whatever it is, whichever of the other nine gifts, it wasn't dependent on the person's character. It was dependent on them receiving it from God. And so often, when you don't have all three faith working, people abuse the gift. So the gifts of the Spirit, they're not going to be taken back if you do bad. It's a gift. Okay, it's not like God's not an Indian giver. If he gave you a gift, you got it. And if you start living for yourself, you start being selfish, you start, start use, you still have the gift. And that's where a lot of times the charismatic move got a bad name because there were men who sought and God gave them great gifts. And in that great gift, they just took it upon themselves to be you know, greedy, to be controlling. And they didn't have to repent, and the gift kept working because it's a gift. And that's what makes this one a little different. So <clears throat> the gift of faith, in fact, I'll tell you, I worked, uh, I was the youth pastor, children's pastor, young adult pastor, middle school pastor at Benny Hinn's church. And I would go to all the miracle, I had to, um, <clears throat> all the miracle meetings uh, that we would have around the, the state, the country, and a lot of people saying, oh, he has the gift of healing. Have you ever seen a, he doesn't have the gift of healing. I've never seen him touch anyone and they were healed. He has the gift of faith. If you go to a service, the music, the worship, the teachings, he has the gift to raise your faith so that you can receive one of these other gifts. He has the ability to create in you to, to, that you said, you know, I'm, I believe. He's convinced it's a gift that he has. These gifts go hand in hand. This gift goes hand in hand with the other, the power gifts, you know, healing, miracles. So this is a gift of extraordinary. You know, and it kind of sounds loud, doesn't it? If somebody's going to raise your faith going, oh, the Lord said, you know, you know, it's, it's kind of powerful and in your faith, God is going to do a work in you today. Should I be on TV? God's going to, that's the position, you know. It, it, this type of faith seems to be loud. Well, let's take a look at number three. The fruit, which is our subject today, says it is trust. It can be described as Quiet. You know why? Steady, unwavering trust in the goodness, wisdom, and the faithfulness of God. This type of faith is just like, yeah, I know everything's going to crap, but God, God is good, and he's on my side. Doesn't matter what waves come by. It doesn't matter what crashes in your house. It has all gone bad. But the person who has this fruit, it doesn't come in one day. It's not like the gift of faith. This is the fruit. This has to be nurtured. It has to be protected. And it grows. It starts this big. And you want to grow it. 
if you nurture it. And that way when the troubles come, when the waves come, you're just like, I'm okay. God's going to see me through this. That kind of, now, isn't that something? They're both faith, but one's kind of loud and gregarious and, you know. The other one is quiet, steadfast. You know, the waves come in, and we've, we've been there. We've seen other people, and the waves come in, and they crash in. Everything's gone wrong. You got a ticket. Your car's broken. <clears throat> You're going, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. That's not, that's not the gift I mean, uh, the fruit. That's not the fruit. That's not the gift. That's you crying out for help because you're, you're in trouble. You're crying out because you're not steadfast. You've not grown something from the little to be faithful. You're not faithful in one day. It starts here. It's when those tough times come. You're solid. Haven't you ever met somebody you want to be around? They're quiet, but they are solid. They're so stable. It's like, wow, how do you do that? How do you do that? Well, the outward expression of this kind of faith is a depth of trust that brings stability. Psalms 125 says, those who what? Then it's the words interchange. Those who have faith in the Lord, those who trust in the Lord, are as Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. Wouldn't you want that? I want to grow that. I want to grow that so solidly that no matter what, I abide. I abide. Your finances are horrible. Well, I'm okay. God's gonna see me through it. I'm gonna stay my I'm gonna stay open to what he tells me to do. I he may be calling me to this. For what purpose? I don't know. But I know his promise in my life. How do I know it? Because I saw it when it was this big. I saw it when it was this big. I saw it when it was this big. It's steadfast. It's not going anywhere. It, it's, it's, it's an aspect of character. So I've seen people with the gift of faith, and they have a powerful gift. They can believe for miracles. They can prophesy. They can... Raise your faith. But you know what? I've seen a whole lot of them that didn't have character. And it turns so many people off to Christianity because you know, that's what a Christian is? So, no, that's what happens when a person gets this incredible gift from God that he didn't have to pay for or do anything for it, but God entrusted it to him, and he has failed personally in his character. But then there's a believer you go, how do they keep going? How do they do that? We're going to find out. Are you, I mean, is this, is, can we go on? I just want to be sure everyone's like, oh, Lord. <laughs> no. Well, it is trust. 
Faith to live by is grown by relationship. And this is, I've just kind of broken them down. Faith to live by is grown by relationship. The gift of faith is a, did you pay for it? Just got to receive it. Thank you. And open the package. The fruit of the Spirit is cultivated from small things. As I said, that two is a gift that seems loud. You know, it seems like you're pushing and trying to raise other people's faith. But the relationship between one, faith to live by, is grown by relationship. And number three, the fruit of faithfulness. It's like a two-sided coin. They're different, but they go together. It's, it's, it's one side of the coin and the other said, one side's faith to live by. It is a dependent, you're just dependent on God in everyday situation. It's a relationship. The fruit, one is you're just kind of dependent in a relationship. And this one is what makes it different is that it's been cultivated and you one is relationship where you grow to be dependent and the other one is you are dependent. You see, in a relationship, you're growing to be dependent on God. When you get down to the fruit, you are dependent to do the things of God. That God can trust you. And people can trust you. Faithfulness here, this one works. because Not only is God trusting you, he's giving you more and he's stressing you more, but people see the character and they come to you and they know if your word, you said this, it's your word. Some of you already have been moving into a noticeable fruit of the spirit when you put it in those words. Because you know what? People have come up to me and said, if you said it, I know it's gonna happen. That's faithfulness. And God tells us exactly what to do, how to get to this place. Jesus is speaking, he goes, whoever can be trusted in the very can be also, uh, also be trusted with the much. God gives you this much faith and if we cultivate it, he gives us more. And you cultivate, we get more. And we, and we become stable in all our ways. <clears throat> this is for small groups, but I'm going to ask this question right now. Now remember, this doesn't look spiritual because it's this big. And that's the problem with Christians. It's when they go, I want the fruit of faithfulness. Bring to open the roof and drop that in. It doesn't come that way. It comes this way. In the small things. If he can trust you in the small. My question is, do you make promises to your children or mate and then break them? That's not faithful. You see, God has made promises to us, but he keeps them. This is a little thing. 
If some of you all want to know where to start to grow this fruit, here it is. You're going to find it in these three questions. Do you turn up late for appointments? Well, it's just a thing that my whole family, I've always been that way. Let me tell you, God is never late. I think Dr. Crystal was teaching, and it's just incredible, one of my favorite verses. And it says, God's not late. He's being patient for your sake. Do you pay on time? Whatever it is. And I know that people can get behind, especially in these day days, you can lose your job. But you know, <clears throat> if, if it's by your, your hand, your fault, your bad management, you start with the little. And when you do this little, it said, God will give you much. This isn't a gift. It starts little. And until we start putting, you know, the whole thing about being a disciple, it means you're disciplined. One who is disciplined. And if you call yourself, I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ, but I'm late, I don't need to pay him back. Oh, I made those promises to my kids, but you know, they're going to forget about it. I'll give them a candy bar. Um, wow. Like, I'm going to give you a spanking. Did you? Make good on your promises <laughs> for our sake. We have to come to church with these kids. <laughs> I don't know if I put this in the notes or not. Yes, I did. So if you have if you have not been trustworthy, there's that word trust, in handling worldly wealth, this isn't spiritual stuff. He's saying, if you've not, if you've not, not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you? And when I see true riches, I'm thinking it's God's riches, not worldly that's heavenly wealth. You, you, you prove me wrong in the scriptures, but he's saying, you know what? I know filthy manna, but it's a little thing. But if you can be found trustworthy, faithful in that, man, I'm going to trust you with the riches of heaven. This is the fruit of faithfulness. Let me give you a story. You all will recognize the story about Paul. <clears throat> and you know this must be God. I'm going to finish before. <laughs> There's an anointing and it's on the clock. <laughs> Get near that clock, you'll feel the anointing. <clears throat> if you read through 2 Timothy... Paul has been put in prison. He just, and in his lifetime, he's been, he's been shipwrecked. He's been bitten by a snake. He's been beaten. He's had to sneak out of cities. 
He's been stoned, lied to. Even at this situation in, in chapter 4, 2 Timothy, uh, Demas, which was the guy who took the place of Timothy, was with him to serve him, and he left him to go back to the world. Paul, right in, in, in chapter 4, he's thrown into prison. He knows his end is coming. He goes, you know, and I know it's coming. I know, I know it's done. I'm cold. Send somebody with a coat. You know, I'm old. I got this thing in my side. I can't walk. I'm going to go to a trial where it's a mocked up trial, and they're going to do away with me. His life is crap. His life is, at, if anyone was looking at his life, it's crap. And then he reads off all these things, and I just kind of put all these words t- together. All the things that he says in chapter 4, he goes, I'm not ashamed. I know. I have believed. I am convinced. And I have been faithful. I want you to know the first statement will keep you from the rest of it if you're ashamed. Because I am not ashamed of the gospel. I mean, let me put it in a different way. People think, oh, he's, not, he's bold enough to witness. There's another part of not being ashamed. I'm in prison. I'm hurt. I'm cold. I've been left behind. But I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'll preach the gospel in any prison. If you've been abused, if you've been cheated, if you've been lied, if you've been hurt, if you're handicapped, those things are easier to deal with than shame in your life. And there's too many of us who aren't fighting that shame. We've given up to it. We don't want to admit it because you're not where you thought you'd end up. You didn't think you were going to be divorced. You didn't think all your kids were going to reject the faith. You didn't. There's shame. I can't proclaim my faith. I can't, can't, I know, I have believed. I am convinced. You sure don't look, I mean, God's so great. You look pretty bad. I'm doing better than you. I'm convinced and have been faithful. None of that happens if you know whatever reason that you're ashamed. I'm ashamed to share the gospel because of the outcome of my situation. Where I'm at. We plant If I could be faithful in the little, he's going to give me much. If I can just keep my promises. 
communication with people. I, if, if I've told them something, I can't, I'm going to get back with them. And if I've made promises to my wife, my husband, to keep it. I know I failed them. I know I've lied. I'm ashamed. But I know who I believe. I know that he's faithful. I know that there's coming a day that this wind that's in my face isn't going to be there. I'm talking about a God who's going to be there at the end. If he's not here at the end of my problem, he's going to be there at the end of my life. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want us to stand. Every one of you can... I mean, every one of us deal with shame. But there's a shame that holds us back. You know what I was like. I can't say anything about Jesus. You know what, you, you know what I've done. You're ashamed. You're ashamed of the gospel because the gospel says that Jesus paid the price for that. If your testimony is weak, so is your faith. Your testimony is only as big as, I mean, your faith is only as big as your testimony. Every one of us could respond to this. But there are some who it's cost you dearly to be ashamed, to be afraid. Be afraid of the person that God's called you to be. Instead, you're stuck with what people think you are. You're ashamed. You identify with shame. Like I said, I, 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 you guys respond so well. I mean, I could say come forward and everybody comes forward. I want those you know. You know you can't get to the rest of it. Because you're ashamed. Where you came from, I didn't finish my education. I've been married four times. Who would listen to me? Who would look at anything in my life? Well, you're ashamed of the gospel because the gospel said Jesus has dealt with it. That person who knows there's a chain around your ankle because you're ashamed. I want you to break the chain. Just imagine that chain has got you hooked to this, your chair right now. For, if it's just one person, hallelujah, because I know every one of us deal with shame. But that one who can, you know that there's a shackle around your leg you break it by coming down here. And I want you to put your hands on this stage. I'm unshackled 
shame will have me no more. Shame will have me no more. I am not ashamed. I know I have believed. I know I've believed. I am convinced. And I have been faithful. I've been faithful. You know what's so awesome about this is the men who are coming down. Look at how many men are up here. This is what it means to be a man. Take responsibility. To recognize reality. Wow. Father, for the men and the women who've come down here, you know the chain that's been broken. Lord, I pray that they will know it, that something today changed in their life. That it just may be a little thing, but we've planted something small that we are going to nurture. We're going to nurture it. We're going to protect it. We stand against that shame, that voice that speaks to you at night, that voice that grabs hold of you and says, you can't move, you're not worthy of this. Look what you've done in the past. I'm gonna give you a spiritual prayer. Actually, it's just one word. Well, two. You ready? Shut up. Just shut up. And if you want to get real spiritual about it, you can say, in Jesus' name. Everyone in the room, say it with me. Shut up. Shut up. Father, bless your disciples. Discipline has flowed through this building today. The call of discipline to rise up. Hopefully a little gift of faith. <laughs> Our faith has been raised. Lord, bless these men and women. Let them know they are no longer the same. Go forth disciples of the Most High God. In Jesus' name.